The majority of this 16-season Sacramento Kings playoff drought belongs to current Kings ownership. And while Vivek Ranadive and Kings ownership is certainly partially to blame for the Kings continuing to struggle and lose, they're not bad owners. Kings ownership isn't bad. I'll explain why on today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. Hello and welcome to Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all offseason presented by Bet Online. They have you covered all season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I'm a Sacramento sports producer and reporter for ABC 10. That is why I am recording this podcast from Levi's Stadium in Santa Clara. Yes, the home of the San Francisco 49ers. I'm out here covering covering 49ers training camp uh, for uh, ABC 10. And I'm thankful to have 49ers training camp. I'm I'm thankful to have NFL preseason, the start of the NFL regular season, to get us through these few months that Kings basketball and NBA basketball in general is basically irrelevant. The NBA offseason is significantly shorter than it used to be, really the dead part of the offseason. Only around six weeks or so, football really carries us through at least some of that. But yes, I'm here. I'm actually in the uh, Eastern Club, I believe, of Levi Stadium. This is my second time here at this stadium. It's absolutely gorgeous. I'm looking forward to actually catching a game uh, here at this stadium coming up. Maybe not as nice as as the Golden One Center, but football stadiums to basketball stadiums, apples to oranges. I love the G1C. Of course, I'm biased in Sacramento, but this is a lovely stadium. And 49er fans, I will tell you uh, that based off what I've seen in the couple of training camps that I've covered, you have a lot to be excited about with this team this year. But that's not what this is about. If you're interested in 49ers content, you can, of course, go and check out and listen to the Locked On 49ers podcast. If you're a Raiders fan like me, check out the Locked On Raiders podcast. But enough of that. This is Locked On Kings. This is basketball. That's what you care about. And even though we are in the driest time of the year for the Sacramento Kings and for the NBA. There still are a few things to talk about, and I saw circulating amongst some uh, Sacramento radio shows, some Sacramento podcasts on social media, a conversation about Kings ownership, Vivek Ranadive, and whether the Kings ownership was bad or not. Now, I think it was a, the, the, it was a pretty universal agreement that Kings ownership isn't good, right? There's a big difference between King on- King's ownership being not good and King's ownership being bad. Maybe that's the same thing to you. I'll explain the difference. But it's definitely fair to say King's ownership isn't good when you have never made the playoffs in your entire ownership span, when your team continues to suck season after season after season. You make mistake after mistake after mistake. No, you can't be classified as good or great ownership. But in my opinion, to be classified as bad ownership, you essentially have to be like what John Fisher is to the Oakland A's, right? I, I consider Fisher a horrendous owner because even with the Oakland A's having made significantly more playoff uh, appearances, having won significantly more games than the Sacramento Kings have over the last 16 years, the A's are far worse of a franchise because of their ownership. 
Like the, the fact that Fisher refuses to spend money, the fact that he just sells off players, the, these players that the A's develop, and he just sells them off to the highest bidder, to the Yankees, to the Red Sox, to the Blue Jays, to these other teams that we've seen time and time again, A's prospects come and go. And as an A's fan, this strikes deep to me, right? And I know other A's fans out there listening, you understand what I'm talking about. That, to me, is bad ownership. Or ownership like we've seen uh, in, in in the past with uh, Donald Sterling, right? With the uh, the allegations against him. And, of course, that's an extra level of bad. That's horrendously bad with uh, the like being a racist or, or, or things of that nature. I'm not talking about that. Bad ownership to me means you are more of a detriment to your team than you are a benefit for your team. And that includes the organization as a whole. And while I do believe Vivek Ranadive and Kings ownership at times has been a detriment to the success of the Sacramento Kings basketball team, when you look at what Vivek has done and what Kings ownership has done for the city, for the Kings in social justice issues, in other political, non-political, community-based issues. Like, they've done a very, very good job. Like, I, I look at Vivek, and just from a basketball standpoint, he's done, in many ways, what he said he was going to do, right? He's put his money where his mouth is. Now, he hasn't always spent his money correctly, and that's partially to do with him, partially to do with the general managers and basketball decision-makers that he's put in charge, but... The Kings, we've never had to question throughout Vivek's ownership tenure whether or not the Kings were going to spend the money needed in order to attract talent and try to compete. Vivek's always done that. He has always tried to go out and spend the money necessary to improve this team. Now, obviously the team at times has not improved, but we've never had to have a financial conversation when it comes to Vivek Ranadive. And to some of you, that might not be a big deal at all. You should expect that from these multi-million billionaire owners who control multi-million billion franchises. I don't think the Sacramento Kings are quite worth a billion. I could be wrong. They're definitely hundreds of millions of dollars. Maybe they are a billion. I honestly don't know. I should check Forbes. But when you... In my position, when you have followed a team like the Oakland A's for so long where questions about finances and spending money to build a competitive roster are so consistent and you deal with that so often, you really do appreciate not having to worry about that. And with Vivek, you don't have to worry about that. And remember, towards the end of of the Maloof's ownership tenure here in Sacramento, we were questioning the money that they were spending. Jeff Petrie was kind of stuck in, in, in what he could do financially when the Malos were looking to sell and they had other business enterprises and things that were going on. Very different from how Vivek operates today. But it goes beyond just money. Like, Vivek's intentions are good. King's ownership, their intentions are good. This team, this ownership group, they want to win. They want to compete. Again, I'm not saying they have not made mistakes. We all know they've made mistakes. I shouldn't have to preface that every two minutes. Just look at the history of the Kings uh, organization since Vivek and the Kings ownership, current Kings ownership took over, right? Plenty of mistakes in there, many of which I have talked about and been quite critical of here over the years on Locked on Kings. But this ownership group has pure intentions. And also, side note, before you start thinking, okay, now he's suddenly becoming a mouth, mouthpiece for King's ownership and things like that, this benefits nothing for me. Like, I, I, if you follow the Longtime Kings podcast for a while, you know I don't get any special or preferential treatment from the Sacramento Kings. This isn't going to change any of that, right? 
I'm speaking honestly from someone who has been here in Sacramento for this entire 16-year playoff drought, who started as a fan, moved into media covering this team, who wants this team to succeed, and who recognizes what how bad ownership honestly could be. Kings ownership could be significantly worse. Trust me, they could be significantly worse than they are now, and it goes well beyond just losing. Vivek and this Kings ownership group, their intentions are pure. They want to win. They haven't gone about it the best ways. They've made a lot of mistakes over the time, but they want to win. They've tried to win. They've tried to do what they thought was best in order to put a winning product out there on the floor. And fans are 100% right to hold them accountable. Fans are 100% in their right to boo or to be frustrated with year after year after year of losing, to allow that to affect their decision to not to go to games, not to spend their money at the Golden One Center. Like, that's all completely valid. But this ownership group at least is trying. They've failed, but they've tried. Maybe that's a low bar for you to me. That's important. What's also important is, is what work the Kings organization has done outside of just basketball, right? The community outreach that they do uh, when everything going on with uh, Black Lives Matter and Stefan Clark and how Vivek uh, took center floor uh, during that time and, and treated a very difficult situation with, I thought, a lot of grace and was in full support of his players. If you hear Kings players talk about Vivek or see them interact with Vivek, of course he's their owner, he's their boss, he signs their paychecks, but there isn't, there's no weird vibes, there's no venom, uh, there's no frustration, there's no anger, there's no bitterness, at least on the outside. Behind closed doors, I can't speak to that. But I look at King's ownership as a whole. I look at what they're trying to do. I look at what they have done for the city. Of course, Vivek and this King's ownership group will always be heroes to the city for keeping the team here, managing to get the Golden One Center built, right? And that includes minority owners. This is not just the majority ownership we're talking about here. Yes, there are questionable decisions. There probably will continue to be questionable decisions. I do believe that this ownership group can be successful. A lot of it has to do with them honestly getting out of the way, and we've talked about that before, and I think how they've empowered Monty McNair to this point suggests that maybe they're learning that lesson a little bit. But do I consider King's ownership to be bad? No, I do not. They're not good yet. They're fine. They are bang average, and I'm just talking about as what an NBA owner, as what a professional sports owner should be, they're bang average. They need to start winning games to actually get to that good classification. But again, King's ownership could be a whole hell of a lot worse. I know there are going to be some of you that completely disagree with this and think that King's ownership is terrible. Let's talk about it. It's fair to talk about. You can be critical. I've been plenty critical uh, before in the past too. Reach out to me at MattGeorgeSack on Twitter. Email me MattGeorgeSports at gmail.com. Leave your thoughts in the YouTube comment section down below. We are going to switch gears in just a little bit. Uh, I'm going to ask a question about, kind of about sports gambling, but betting on the Sacramento Kings next year. A, 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 a question related to sports betting on the Sacramento Kings and your confidence level on betting on something regarding or involving the Sacramento Kings. And that's a perfect segue to talk about one of the great sponsors here of the Locked On Kings podcast. You've heard me talk about them a lot. That's because they're phenomenal. BetOnline.net. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. You can find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every single league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, NHL, NBA, combat sports, esports, even golf. They have it all. BetOnline continues to be the top 
online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Plus, they have a lot of fun prop bets and future bets in regards to the Sacramento Kings or the NBA in general. You can bet on who you think is going to win the NBA championship. I I recommend you don't do what this guy is doing in Las Vegas and dropping 18K on the Kings winning the NBA Finals next year, although if he does cash that out for, I think it's like $10.3 million or something like that, good for him. We're rooting for that to happen, trust me, or her. But if you're going to do some betting, make sure you do it on Bet Online. truly the number one place for all your sports gambling. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, so this is going to require a little bit of audience participation, okay? I want to hear from you with this. I'm asking this question to you and then I'll share what my answer was to this question. I'm taking this question from uh, D'Lo and KC, the D'Lo and KC radio show on ESPN 1320. I think this was Jesse who is their producer and engineer. His question, he came up with it. Kenny Carraway actually asked it uh, to me when I was on the air with them yesterday. If you could bet on anything to do with the Sacramento Kings next year, what bet are you most confident making? And before, if you, you can put the answer if you want. Oh, the, I, I bet the Sacramento Kings will lose and not make the playoffs. Like, okay, that's probably the safest bet that you could possibly make. If that's your answer, that's fine. But it, it, legitimately, if you could pick, like, the Kings making the playoffs, De'Aaron Fox making the All-Star team, DeMontis Sabonis making the All-Star team, Keegan Murray winning Rookie of the Year, someone winning Sixth Man of the Year, Mike Brown winning coach of the year, or uh, Monty McNair winning executive of the year, right? These are all things that theoretically you could place a wager on. The Kings making or winning a play-in game, right? What is that bet? Think about it. Like, what bet out of those that I listed or any others that maybe popped to your mind would you make with the most confidence? That doesn't mean you're fully confident that it's actually going to happen, but if you had if I gave you $1,000 and said you have to put this down on some sports Kings-related bet, not and, and it's for like a full-season bet, not just an individual game, what would you put it on? I thought about this. My gut reaction or my initial reaction was Keegan Murray winning Rookie of the Year. But the more I thought about that, I, I it's not that I don't think Keegan Murray's capable of winning Rookie of the Year. In fact, I know he's going to be in the Rookie of the Year conversation. I have no issue saying that here in August that Keegan Murray by the end of next season by the award time is going to be in the rookie of the year conversation I personally don't know how Paolo Bancaro doesn't win it unless he gets hurt knock on wood or knock on my knee (laughs) Um, he's so uh, just seeing him in person and knowing how much opportunity he's going to get in Orlando look Orlando is going to be a bad team unless they surprise everybody but I expect the Orlando Magic to be a bad team I expect Paolo Bancaro to put up absolutely ridiculous numbers and for the most part rookie of the year relies more on numbers than it does on team success and I think Paolo Bancaro will have better numbers than Keegan Murray even if Keegan Murray is contributing to a better team but I do think Keegan Murray is going to be in the conversation so while that popped into my brain first, I wasn't. that's not the one that I'm most comfortable betting. Honestly, I think the Kings have two six-man-of-the-year candidates on this roster. I would feel confident in betting, most confident in betting, that the Sacramento Kings end up having the six-man-of-the-year on their roster. I think Davion Mitchell has a very legitimate chance. He is more than likely going to be the sixth man for the Sacramento Kings, if, especially if he is able to play with the offensive ability that he showed towards the, in the final really third of the regular season, right, especially after De'Aaron Fox went out. Now what's important is 
can Davion show that level of offensive output with De'Aaron Fox? Are they going to get opportunity to share the floor together? Can Davion still be that impactful offensively when he's sharing the floor with De'Aaron Fox? Or can he be that offensive spark plug off of the Kings bench when De'Aaron is resting? Or, God forbid, if De'Aaron Fox gets hurt at any point, can Davion Mitchell step in and not make up the complete 25, 26, hopefully 27 points per game scoring load that De'Aaron is giving you on a nightly basis? But can he at least close that gap and make it significantly easier for the team as a whole to make up for that loss? loss, right? I think Davion Mitchell is is capable of that. Plus, we know what he can do on the defensive end. Malik Monk, though, if Malik Monk comes off the bench, I think he is in a perfect position to win sixth man of the year. Like, a lot of times, if you look at the history, like Jamal Crawford, right, in his time with the Los Angeles Clippers, Jamal Crawford was just a microwave off the bench. He came in, he scored a bunch of points. Now, comparing Malik Monk to Jamal Crawford is not really fair or accurate because Crawford is a significantly better player and has had a significantly better career as a whole than Malik Monk has to this point. Of course, significant age difference between the two. But if if Malik Monk can come off the bench and his primary role is just microwave score, shooter, floor spacer, attack the basket, whether he's playing with Fox, playing with Mitchell, playing with whoever, Malik Monk comes into the game, his job is to score and hopefully not be a liability on defense. He's a very streaky player. When he's hot, he can get real hot. He can put up 15 points, 20 points in 15, 20 minutes. And that's roughly what I expect him to get, around 15, 20 minutes a night if he plays in in a bench role. I think Malik Monk can be that microwave scorer for the Sacramento Kings, can be someone who averages 12, 13, 14 points per game coming off of the Kings bench, someone who makes a, a significant difference, maybe so much so that he's actually on the floor to close out games, and I know closing is more important to him and more important to a lot of players now than actually starting is. But I think Malik Monk has a very legitimate shot at being a sixth man of the year. So whether it's Malik, whether it's Davion, hell, maybe Keegan Murray, if he comes off the bench, although I, I can't see a scenario where Keegan comes off the bench more this season than he starts. Like I, Even as a rookie, I don't, I don't see how that is a possibility. Like I, I think sixth man of the year is a, a legitimate possibility for the Sacramento Kings. So that is the bet that I would feel most confident making. What about you? Share that with me. At Matt George Sack on Twitter. Email me mattgeorgesports at gmail.com or leave your thoughts in the YouTube comment section down below. The dry off season continues with every passing week. We get closer and closer to Kings training camp. I hope you're a football fan like myself. Maybe that can uh, kill some time. I also have some great guests coming up uh, here on Locked on Kings expected to, uh, to be enjoying that. But the Locked on Podcast Network continues to have so much great content for you, not just uh, NBA content. You can ch- ch- uh, check out our daily Locked on NBA national podcast that cover more of the NBA as a whole. Of course, keep tuning in to Locked on Kings. We'll continue to have content for you uh, as much as I'm capable of, of putting out here. And then we'll ratchet things back up once training camp begins and next season, preseason begins. We'll get right back to the volume of content uh, that you expect. But I appreciate your support. If you're a football fan, Raiders fan, Niners fan, check out those podcasts. We have national podcasts for every single sport. Uh, so go and check that out. Plus, if you're a fantasy guy, Josh Lloyd with the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, he's preparing you right now for your upcoming drafts and things like that. There's so much content to help get you through this period of time. I know I'm personally relying on it. I think you should too. 
Really appreciate your support. Can't wait to have you join me on the next episode of Locked on Kings. Again, more great guests coming. Plus, I want to do a fans-only episode uh, in, in the very near future, so keep an eye and an ear out for that. And look, I haven't forgotten. I know that we accomplished our goal of over 350 reviews, which means I will be buying a pair of opening night tickets once we find out who the Kings are playing on opening night inside the Golden One Center, and uh, and when individual tickets go on sale, I will be purchasing those tickets, and I will be giving them away, lower bolt tickets, to opening night as a thank you for your support and for you reviewing uh, Locked on Kings. So thank you so much for that. Can't wait to have you join me on the next episode. Until then, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to Locked on Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network.